0: Hi, I'm Edwin, and I'm Andrew. Sound the battle Two men, fifteen minutes, <laughs> eternal I impact. Welcome to Text Talk. Hello, your Andrew.
1: Hello, Edwin. How are you doing today?
0: Man, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Am I? Am I detecting in your voice? Is it getting a little better? I hope so, but
1: it's still polony. <laughs> A little bit of pollen in there. Yeah, that and other things, but, uh, well, hey. Not COVID. (laughs) That was a few weeks ago. I'm done with that for a while.
0: Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. We want to be done with that for sure. Uh, Beautiful day here. Uh, What is this? March the 29th, year of our Lord, 2022. That is exactly it. We are winding down the month of March. Crazy. It is crazy. 25% of 2022 is over. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I tell you, we've got some uh, things that we're looking forward to at Livingston. It occurs to me that in just a couple of weeks, On uh, April 17th, we're inviting people to come out and come worship with us. And if you're in the Tampa Bay area, we'd love for you to
1: come out that day particularly. Yeah, it's our Bring a Friend Day. Yes. So if you consider yourself a friend to Andrew, he would like you to show up. I would love to meet all the friends. But I know you're speaking that day. And and what's the title of the talk that day? The Beginning of Our Faith. The Beginning of Our Faith. Look, I'll just tell you, here's here's what we're going to do on that day. There's been a whole lot of people talking about deconstruction and deconversion. And the question that I want to ask is, okay, now that you've broken it all down and you've got all of that shattered and taken apart, what are you going to do with the pieces? Mm -hmm. I'm okay with deconstruction as long as we reconstruct in a proper way. And so I want to talk about the beginning of our faith and how to construct and reconstruct faith. In a true way. Man, I don't want to kind
0: of give it all away, but we, we are going to talk a little bit about the great proof and power of the resurrection that day, right? That is true. Right. I think that's all where right. it begins. We yeah. we it's we gotta actually begin hit, there, right? We hit
1: on the starting point here on this podcast quite frequently, especially when we we're in Matthew, and that is something happened two thousand years ago that's exactly and we right. gotta deal with
0: it. Yeah, we gotta do that. That's where we're gonna start. So, man, I, I'm so excited about that. I'm looking forward to April seventeenth in a big way. Today, we are in Galatians chapter 2, and I'm going to be reading verses 1 through 10 from the New King James Version. Galatians 2 verse 1. Then, after fourteen years, I went up again to Jerusalem with Barnabas, and also took Titus with me. And I went up by revelation, and communicated to them that gospel which I preach among the Gentiles, but privately to those who were of reputation, lest by any means I might run or had run in vain." Yet not even Titus, who was with me, being a Greek, was compelled to be circumcised. And this occurred because of false brethren secretly brought in who came in by stealth to spy out our liberty which we have in Christ Jesus that they might bring us into bondage to whom we did not yield submission even for an hour that the truth of the gospel might continue with you. But from those who seemed to be something... Whatever they were, it makes no difference to me. God shows personal favoritism to no man. For those who seemed to be something added nothing to me. But on the contrary, when they saw that the gospel for the uncircumcised had been committed to me, as the gospel for the circumcised was to Peter, for he who worked effectively in Peter for the apostleship to the circumcised also worked effectively in me toward the Gentiles, And when James, Cephas, and John, who seemed to be pillars, perceived the grace that had been given to me, they gave me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship, that we should go to the Gentiles and they to the circumcised. They desired only that we should remember the poor, the very thing which I also was eager to do. What is
1: the big deal here? What is the big deal well, here? Well, I mean, you know, you got people telling Paul, just circumcise Titus. He needs to be circumcised, and Paul will not stand for that at all. He's not going along to get along. He's not he's not trying to have peace and, and unity on this. What's the deal?
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I tell you what, what I see with the Apostle Paul is that he is dedicated to this gospel. Um, I'm really seeing in verse 5... We did not yield submission even for an hour that the truth of the gospel might continue with you. Now, it's fascinating to me when I think about you uh, in the context of this letter to the Galatians. Mm -hmm. All of these folks that he had taught the gospel to in southern Galatia, we read about in Acts 13 and Acts 14. You know, those people, those families, those faces were in his mind and on his heart even when he's there at jerusalem and understanding the implications if i submit to these other teachers these false brethren who've snuck in who are trying to bring us into a bondage what would it mean for you what would it mean for all of these churches what would it mean for for all of these christians they would have to come back through and what teach them all the law of moses circumcise all these people uh, can you imagine teaching somebody and leading them out of paganism, leading them out of these religions and the, and the prices they've already paid to them to go back through and say, you know what? I think I had that all wrong. It would be devastating. And as we've seen in the first chapter, it would actually be anathema. That's not the way God
1: works. That's not the way the gospel works. And I think that's the key. I don't think Paul is thinking, oh no. I'd have to go through and have all these folks circumcised because if that was really the gospel, I think Paul would be about, all right, let's go do this. Well, if that was the gospel. Let's go do this. What he's concerned about is I'm trying to save your soul, and I was standing up to these people because if their gospel takes over, if the gospel of these false brethren take over and you follow it, Mm -hmm. you're going to lose your access to Jesus you're going to lose the grace that you've had in Jesus you're going to lose that salvation that you accepted and turned to when I was there in Acts chapter 13 and 14 exactly so he's going to stand
0: firm against these false brethren he's going to stand with as we see the apostles in fact he names several leaders who and again we talked about this yesterday they're on the same page James Cephas John and it was the same message being taught by Peter and others among Jews that he
1: and Barnabas are taking to Gentiles. And they're called he calls them people of influence. He can tell that they have influence in the Jerusalem church, they're pillars, mm-hmm. which of course they would be. They're apostles, they're pillars, they're influential, but Paul also says, but look, that really didn't matter to me. Yeah. It didn't matter to me that they had influence. I, I want to. So I'm not I'm not trying to tell you guys follow them because of their influence. I'm saying, look, follow them because they're teaching the truth just like I am. Well, an influence is a funny thing.
0: OK, these false brethren that he points out, clearly they had influence, Uh When uh, we'll we'll get into this more in the next day or two, we read the rest of the chapter. When this kind of teaching of you need to be circumcised, you need to keep the law, comes to the church at Antioch, all right, that they are persuading some folks, and that has to be addressed. You know, I read this, one of the things that always shocks me is the idea that there were folks in the first century church, in particular the Church of Jerusalem, that didn't seem to care a whole lot that Peter was an apostle or what John was teaching or even Paul. I mean, they were they were very bold to try to take this corruptive gospel, this false gospel, and not even Jerusalem, but kind of follow along evidently where Paul had gone and
1: Barnabas had gone and other teachers had gone to try to bring this teaching in afterwards. That is an interesting point that I haven't thought about very much. Apologetically speaking, again, you didn't have men who, one, were superstitious and just willing to accept everything. We have made this point again and again and again and again. They had to be convinced. Mm-hmm. Then when it came to the people who were listening to them, they didn't just kowtow to them. They didn't just say, oh, oh, you're Peter? Oh, obviously, okay, whatever you say, this is the way it's going to be. They ch- They were challenged. It was like an uphill slog for these apostles to demonstrate the authority they had through Jesus Christ, to demonstrate the truth, to get folks to buy into that, even even within the group that was supposedly following along yeah. with the gospel of Jesus Christ. You said something a minute ago. I just want to ask about, cause I just want to make sure we're on the same page or if I understood you, you mentioned something about the false brethren having influence. Now I've always read this as the men of influence were actually Peter and Cephas, or, well, Peter is Cephas, Cephas and James and John. Did you see the ones of influence being the false brethren having influence or?
0: Well, I am just saying they clearly did have influence because of their power of persuasion, because that there was a problem in Antioch. Mm-hmm. They were heard. They were influential. Oh, okay. Because uh, when you follow um, Peter coming back from even uh, Cornelius' conversion in Acts 10 into Acts 11, in Acts 11 he's called under the carpet by somebody mm-hmm. for going in and eating with Gentiles. So I'm not saying that these uh, false brethren by any means were apostles. Oh, no, no. I'm no, just I'm... saying as a, as a point of fact, they did have influence.
1: So here in Galatians... Two, when it says, um, let me let me just get and from those who seemed to be influential, and then he says what they are were to, looking at to verse me. six, yeah, yeah, okay, those I say who seemed influential added nothing to me, on the contrary, when they saw that I had been entrusted with the gospel. So, I, I, is, are you, are you thinking here I, that no, I,
0: I see that that is getting to that's a new paragraph and that's talking to about Peter, oh, okay, All yeah, right. yeah, yeah. I just, yeah, I'm, not, I would, I'm not saying that a Paul was like, uh, what, awestruck. Oh, you guys are my heroes. You're the apostles. Clearly, he was the exact opposite of that. Exactly. Yeah. That,
1: that's not his feeling. Yeah. I'm just saying that... The, These guys the, also had influence. Clear. Yeah, they okay. did. That's All why right. there was a problem. Yeah. <laughs> and that's one of the things that ends up happening. You have people in congregations that have, I like this phrase, social equity. There you go. That's kind of a, a, a sociology phrase of, of groups and group dynamics. You've got the people with the social equity, and often we just end up following them. Paul's not willing to do that. And he's also pointing out to the Galatians, you shouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. But, but look, we're not, we're not just following James and John and Cephas because they are influential. And we're not even just following them because they're apostles, but because they have revealed truth. Yeah. Because they've revealed truth. And so this gospel has to be preserved. Mm-hmm. And so there is a time. While, there, while there's often time for us to pursue unity... And while there's often time for us to pursue that peace and 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 stay out of arguments, we don't want to be argumentative people. Paul talks about that in his letters to Timothy and Titus. But there's a time to stand up and say, no, look, we're not crossing this line, and I am not going to give room for this, not yeah. even for an hour. I think that's right, and
0: something that you, you we need to prepare for as Christians and as God's people. There absolutely is a place for polemics. There is a place for discernment. There is a place for apologetics. Um, Trying to understand what the Bible teaches, what the gospel is, and hold that up against corruptions of it to help people understand, look, this is true. This is the right way. I mean, the book of Galatians is that in so many ways. Um, As Paul talks about, I had to defend it here. Um, You know, the chapter continues on, and there's an episode of Antioch where even people who know better were not practicing the pure gospel in the right way, and that has to be addressed. And I guess that comes down to you and me and Christians today. I don't know how much of a stomach uh, we have for that in our society anymore. In fact, we may almost be tempted at if somebody's speaking too loud to try to defend the gospel, to turn around and say, I think you're the one causing a problem mm. as opposed to
1: as opposed to realizing, no, there is a problem. That's why we need to speak up to address it. Yeah, yeah. Preserve the gospel. And the reason we have to preserve the gospel is because that's how we preserve souls. If we If we twist the gospel in order to please people, we're not saving those people. Yeah. Those we And we're not saving ourselves. We will be accursed, and they will be accursed. We must preserve the gospel. Let's wrap up with a prayer. Glorious God, thank you so much for your gospel. And we pray that you would give us eyes to see and ears to hear and hearts to understand as we read the word that you have revealed through your Holy Spirit by your apostles and prophets that we would understand that our eyes would be clear and that our bodies would be full of light and that being full of light, we would bear fruit for your glory, that we would know and surrender to your gospel and we would pass it along to others. Thank you for King Jesus. We confess he is Lord and we give our allegiance and our loyalty to him. It's in him we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. Hey there Edwin. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Hello. <clears throat> <clears throat> Hello Andrew.